All right, guys, welcome to another great episode of Max Effort Kitchen. We have a food for thought segment coming up, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright everybody, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and have a good one for you today. Um, working through some ideas and thoughts about the podcast and about you know different shows and segments and all that. But this is the Food for Thought segment, um, something that I've done a couple times and I really like. Uh, it, it's a good way to... You know, get your hot take out and, uh, you know, something good may come from it. So, or something bad, who knows. Um, but today we're doing, I really want to talk about a topic that is so, so relevant in um, this time. And it was actually talked about today in our Monday morning operations meeting. Um, it is something that has been very, um, apparent that is happening. We're in the middle of it. And there are things and people out there that are refusing to accept it, but it's happening. And what I'm talking about is the overall culture change in our workforce. Um, We're seeing it happen before our eyes. People are, their values of what a job is, is completely changing. There are expectations of employers 100% 100% changing. Um, the idea of how much they want to work versus how much they want to be paid, completely changing. Uh, all these things and a handful of others um, are really contributing to a lot of you know different thoughts, a lot of good things that are happening in this industry, uh, a lot of frustrations, um, a lot of question marks. And I think it's, it's really good to talk about because I don't think enough people are out there um, talking about it. Um, and everybody knows about it. It's funny because you bring it up and, you know, people want to just kind of like shake their head and walk away because it's almost like, you know, your the head's in the sand. Maybe it'll go away. Um, but I don't think this is. I think that we are um, upon a new era in this food and beverage industry. And I'm pretty sure it's happening in multiple industries. I don't think we're the only ones. But I'm going to speak on the food and beverage because it is what I know and it is what I do every day. But something that, you know, became, I guess made it become extremely uh, visible is the idea of jumping from job to job. Now, what I'm seeing and what our company is seeing out there and what I've heard other people talk about and seeing is um, two things. We just don't have um, the, the same type of workforce. That's the first one. The second one is it is the, the level or the, the playing field is completely leveled. 
So you can jump from a quick service to a fine dining to a hotel to a catering, whatever, and pretty much be paid the same, get the same kind of benefits, um, and the only thing that is different is how hard the job is, right? Um, so what you're seeing out there or what we're seeing is a lot of people will get hired um, and, man, they're great on paper. They're great on the interview. Three days in, out, done. Sorry, quit. Two jobs too hard. Um, and if it's not that, it's, you know, every other week calling in sick. Uh, you know, the nice weather's out and you know, I'm not feeling really well. So I'm, I'm sick. I can't come in today. Um, and, and that's something we're going to, we'll touch on in a second, but you know, there's a calling out sick. There's, uh, the, this is, this is a different one because the, the skill in the workforce, at least in, in our area is starting to diminish what was a entry level, um, position in a kitchen or a restaurant is no longer entry level. Um, and I think we're seeing that because of a couple, couple things. Um, one being that everybody is so, so short staffed that you're just hiring people. The interview process has changed. It's more about, do you have availability? Do you have a car? Where do you live? Can you work this many hours? You know, you give the right answers in those spots and uh, you're probably going to get the job because a lot of employers out there are pretty desperate to fill their staffs because um, as you know, the, the thing, the water trickles, maybe bad analogy, but as it trickles down, you know, you have managers that are there um, and, you know, they're getting paid a certain amount and have a certain amount of pride in what they do. But if they don't have a team underneath them, they're just going to be the same thing and say, you know what, fuck it, I'm out, I'm going to go to the restaurant across the street. Maybe they don't have these issues. But then they get over there and they have those issues. And then it's just a like constant ping pong effect of bouncing around. And that can be frustrating. And not only frustrating, but financially um, impactful. Because I read an article yesterday uh, that actually said that it takes uh, more money to replace and hire new employees uh, than it does to give annual and biannual consistent raises uh, than it does to keep your employee. And we all know in order to keep an employee, you got or employee, you need to keep a, you know, a good balance and a good work atmosphere, a good culture, all that stuff. And these days it's about, Okay, how can we make the job as easy as possible um, to keep this person? But I think, and this is just my opinion, I think that that's the wrong approach. And I'm not seeing it across the board. Um, there are some people that do that. There are some people that don't. Um, some, you know, owners that I've spoke with are, you know, basically just dumbing down menus, making, you know, prep, you know, streamlining prep getting things pre-cut when they come in, pre-cooked when they come in, so that our staff doesn't have to do anything but serve a customer, right? Well, I like to go back um, to the idea that if you devalue something, then inherently the perception is there is no value. 
But if you hold value to something, if you say, no, we are going to bring the chicken in, we are going to debone the chicken, we're going to cut the, or cut the chicken into the, the cuts we want, and then we're going to cook it, and then we're going to shred it, and we're going to make it the way that our standard says it should be made to um, be at our quality level or level of quality. So there's something about that, right? Because it's a catch-22. You, you, you keep that process. You stick, your, you know, you stick your, uh, your walking stick in the mud and you say, I am not moving. This is what we are doing. Or you go the complete opposite route and you say, all right, we're going to bring in pre-cooked chicken and we'll just put it on that sandwich. Well, ultimately, one part of your business is going to... Um, be affected by that. Either your customers are going to see the quality change or your staff isn't going to want to make it. So how do we do it, right? How do we get um, through to this culture? How do we understand this culture? Well, I think the first step is you've got to define your culture. You must define the culture that you have in order to understand it. Because if you understand that culture, then as a company, as, as a group, you can manipulate your processes 1% to 2% in each little category in order to create a bigger change. You know, um, understanding values and behaviors, that's a huge one. You know, as a leader, you need to understand the value of the job and the behaviors that you're working with and what you are seeking. Um, you got to make sure that your leaders in the stores or above the stores, the corporate level, whoever they are, if they are a leader, they need to be able to understand and relate to the day-to-day behavior. And what that means is like, I don't care if you're a CEO or you're a general manager, you need to be able to relate to everybody from the prep cook, dishwasher, all the way up to the accountant. You know, these, that kind of, um, that kind of dedication to, to understand behaviors and understand the people and the, and what they value within a job is going to inherently, uh, help what, uh, what help in this change in this transition. It may not have, uh, an automatic direct effect effect right away, but what it is going to do is, it's going to show the people that, that are working for you that A, you get it, B, you care. Now, there's multiple ways depending on your business to do that. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You know, there's, there's ways of like, you know, getting your hands dirty, showing up at, at one of your stores. If you're a corporate officer or whatever, show up at the store and work a shift. You know, show them that you still got it. Have fun with them. You know, uh, get to know your people. Um, there's other ways of, if you're a general manager, maybe you schedule, you know, uh, yourself in the kitchen with your cooks, uh, instead of always up on the floor or always up at the counter. Um, maybe if you're uh, a kitchen manager, you say, Hey, I want to learn the, uh, the POS system, uh, so I can help you put in orders if need be. Um, you know, it's, it's like, stepping into the territory of the person that is doing the job. So understanding and relating to the day to day. 
So that, that's a really good um, tactic to use. And I say tactic not in a way of like trying to manipulate, but a tactic is a way to change with the culture. Um, and the culture is changing. So I think the next idea is that we need to um, reevaluate the missions, the vision, and the value of the company. And I think reevaluating is a big word. Like, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to go out there and you're not going to change your whole company based off of a culture, right? But again, we're going to take miniature 1% to 3% changes in every category. So what can you do in your processes of hiring, performance management, you know, benefits, uh, you know, that will benefit and promote your talent, right? What can you, what things, processes, um, efforts can you make within your company that will speak volume? Well, maybe not speak volumes, but will will show that you care about everybody across the board. You know, what's that one thing? It maybe it's um, an annual picnic. Maybe it's uh, a giveaway every month. Maybe you're maxing out bonuses uh, for, you know, the quarter just because it was a tough quarter. Um, maybe you're uh, changing your, your food policy so everybody eats for free. Or maybe everybody eats for a dollar, right? You know, there is still food costs you got to deal with. But those are just some ideas to align yourself with the cultures and the strategies in order to uh, show the, your workers or the people that work for you, your employees, that you value them. Because I think um, that's where a lot of this issue is coming from is that, you know, there's a lot of expectations to work, 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 cover shifts, cover shifts, um, have this idea of like, you know, career driven. We're, we're not career driven anymore. Not we, but the culture is no longer this culture of, I have to get a good career. I have to start somewhere and work my way up. I have to go to school, get a degree, and then go after a career. I think that's changing. I think we're getting into an era of balance of life, quality of life. I know I can speak for myself when I say, you know, if I have a if my quality of life is higher than my pay, you got me hundred percent. I need to have a quality of life, which means, you know, a good balance between work and life, which means, um, for me not being micromanaged, uh, which means, uh, trust, which means communication, which means just overall valued within your, my position, right? That's, that's me speaking for myself. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, I have that in my position right now, you know, and there are times that it, that it, that varies in multiple areas, but that's life. And I think that I'm of a different culture to where I just dig my heels in and I work harder. And I'm not saying that the culture now is, is lazy by any means, but that is not the mentality. And I don't have all the answers here because um, what I do have is real life situations that are happening. You know, people coming in to meet with their district manager and falling asleep in the lobby. Well, why are you falling asleep? And why are you a day early? 
Like, why is this happening? Why are things like this happening? Why are people um, having mental breakdowns at work? Why are people not showing up um, to their shifts? Why is this um, culture of just doing what you want happening? And my answer is that people are, have a higher expectations of being valued. And everybody holds value um, in a different way. Some people hold it in monetary. Some people hold it in you know, work-life balance. Some people hold it in uh, how much you trust them. Some people hold it in communication. Some people, it's it just, it could be across the board, right? Um, but connecting with that person like I said in the beginning, connecting with behaviors and, and understanding desired value is something that is going to help you understand that. And it's going to help you form your business to do that. Now, I know some of you out there are probably like, no, listen, I'm not going to change what we do. This has worked for you know, X amount of years. I'm not going to change it. I get it. Everybody has that dinosaur. And I'm not referring to you as a dinosaur in a negative way. I'm just saying you're the guy that, that has put in the time or the gal who has put in the time to work and learn a company and has shown loyal and, and um, loyalty and just, you know, overall care for what they do and pride, right? Um, but unfortunately, that person is always the person that is just the last to, to change, just the last to fluctuate, just the last to sidestep a little bit, recognize what's happening, sidestep it, and say, all right, how can I jump on the back of this and make it better? Because that's what we got to do. We got to recognize it before it happens. You know, I'm in, I'm in a, uh, I don't want to call it anger management, but I'm in a class that is, or a program that is, really devised to help you understand where, uh, you know, different emotions come from. And one of them is anger. But um, one of the things we talk about, well, two of the things we talk about, is understanding that, um, you know, A, first thing you learn is that you're not that important. And, And that may come off a little harsh, but what I really mean by that is when you start looking at things from a higher elevation and understanding that maybe the problems that you're dealing with are not as big of a problem as you're making it because from 10,000 feet, it looks pretty damn small. And then when you go to 20,000 feet, it looks even smaller. 90,000 feet, guess what? Not, I'm not even going to put attention to it. So the analogy of raising your elevation to put things in perspective um, should be used more often. Another thing uh, that we talk about a lot is the ability to recognize and sidestep, like what I just said. Recognize what is happening. See what is happening. Read. Get out there. Talk to people. See what they're doing. Strategize with other companies. You know, how can we, hey, how can, you know, we're both in pizza. Why, how can we benefit from each other? Uh, you know, make different changes in the processes within your company. Not that's going to change your value, but within your company that is going to show people that they are valued. And not just people, but the people we are hiring. Because 
the end of the day, there's nobody that's going to walk through that door to be hired that's any different from the person behind them or in front of them. And that's just the way it is. You know, we're going to get lucky every now and then and, and grab a, you know, a gem or maybe somebody that comes from the old guard of the restaurants. But those gems are becoming few and far between. And I think um, we need to be more open and we need to be, we need to talk about it. You know, one of the things I like to say, you know, that combats everything I'm saying here is, is define your non-negotiables within your company before you make those changes and you understand the culture and where you need to be in order to, uh, be, you know, benefit from this or position yourself properly is define your non-negotiables. Yes, the culture is going to change, but you are still a company and you still get to make the rules, right? Um, But there's a lot of gray area there. So take and define your black and white. Define your non-negotiables. The things that you are not um, willing to compromise at the detriment of your your business. But make sure it's not at the detriment of your business, right? Make sure that... Uh, you are being very, very uh, specific about that. So another thing that I like to uh, talk about in this aspect and, and thing that com- something that comes up to in, in my brain and within the company that I work for um, is that's to align your culture with your brand. Everybody has a brand out there. Your company has a brand regardless if you want to believe it or not. You are a brand. You know, that's one of the first things they teach you in business school is that like, you know, you are a brand. I'm a brand. Uh, my, you know, my wife is a brand there. Everybody has their own brand of who they are. Right. So if you align the culture with your brand, then the culture must, the culture is going to be a lot more cohesive and there's going to be less gap for, you know, maybe the, the, the um, line level versus corporate gap or the front of the house versus back of the house gap or the management versus line level gap. You know, there's all those, all those gaps in there. But if you, if your company is aligned or your brand is aligned with the culture, um, then what you're going to start seeing is the idea of everybody is one, right? Like, these people that are working for you are actually working for them because pizza is their brand, right? Or burgers are their brand or fine dining are their brand, or maybe they're in the service industry and hotels are their brand because that's who they are. You know, one thing growing into this um, industry and growing up in this industry that I used to always talk about was like, I am customer service. I am somebody who loves to help people. That was my brand. So I aligned myself as um, an employee with brands that allowed me to take care of the customer without getting five different approvals that allowed me to have animosity or animosity (laughs) autonomy within, um, you know, a process or within a restaurant or, listen to my opinion 
or let me take care of a guest when maybe it's a higher up that should, right? So I think aligning your, your culture with your brand is a good thing, but it takes, that takes a lot of work. That means you got to, you need to sort through, uh, you know, be a lot more specific in your interviews, sort through the crowds of people that aren't applying. Um, but that is going to take some serious dedication. I think it's going to take a little bit less dedication if you are making maneuvers to move with the culture. And I think overall, we, if we're going to take anything from this uh, Food for Thought podcast, it's that the culture is going to run the roost. We need to move with it if we are going to be successful. Or else, one by one, people are going to drop. Next thing you know, you're left with your core. And that's just not, I mean, that's not going to happen. I think there's companies out there that can weather the storm. Not that it's a storm, really. It's not a storm. It's just a change that can weather this change. I think there's companies out there that will not be able to weather this change. But if you think about this, if you listen to this, if it inspires you, like go do some, do a Google search at the very least, do a Google search, what to do when a culture changes, you know, if anything, you might grab a couple things. Uh, but the one thing we can't do is stay dormant. We can't continue to do the same processes over and over and over and expect them to work because it isn't going to work and you're going to lose good people and you're going to find yourself either in a business that is constantly rotating through uh, people with no faces or you're just going to shut down and we don't want that. That's not good for the community. That's not good for the industry. That's not good for our economy. We want to survive. We want people to thrive. So get out there, talk to your people, talk to your other restaurants, talk to your food purveyors, whoever, just talk about it. Stop hiding like it's something to be scared of because it's not. Change is the one consistent thing that we can count on. Things are going to change. But how are you going to change with it? That's a question to look in the mirror and ask yourself. How are you going to change with it? All right, rant over. Um, So thanks for listening. That was a, I don't know, I think a very relevant, a little bit emotional driven podcast and thought and topic. Um, There's so much more we can talk about and I'm sure it'll come up throughout some of the interviews coming up. I have uh, a great one scheduled on Sunday. I have um, another great interview with a doctor coming up and uh, just really excited for the direction of this podcast and this whole Max Effort Kitchen. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, I love you all. I appreciate you all. And I hope you have a fantastic night. 